Hey, everybody, this is the tax lady, Esther Gullius from EG Tax, and we're kind of at the beginning of tax season, so we want to get you up to speed so that you know what's happening in the world of, of taxes, and our podcast is available for you to download anytime you want to get caught up. Right Last week, we talked about, we started to talk about what's taxable income because a lot of people aren't even aware of what's taxable, what isn't taxable, and a lot of people are of really don't know that there's a lot of income that people receive that isn't taxable at all and many of the forms of income we receive are taxed in a different way so that's what we're going to talk about and of course I'm joined in studio with Tiffany Fabian hey Tiff hey there Esther happy day to you happy day to you and Christopher Fabian hello Esther. hello Christopher and of course we have our radio show every Saturday on WBEN 930 a a.m. Um, on uh, uh, on Saturdays from 3 to 4 o'clock. So should you want to listen to our radio show, you can join us on Saturdays. And what's unique is it's a, a live phone-in radio show, and uh, you get to call and ask your questions. And uh, I think it's pretty interesting, don't you? Oh, my gosh, yeah. I can't tell you how many people thank us in the Buffalo Network for an ADI for having the show, and they say it would be beneficial to people across the country. So well, that's, that's why. And if you're listening across the country, uh, don't forget that EG Tax is really as far as your computer away. So you can go to our website and you can download, open up a client portal upload your information in the secure site and we can prepare your tax return for you in Timbuktu, in Hawaii, in Alaska, in Western New York, wherever you are in Italy, uh, EG Tax is there. We're just a we're just a click away. It's way, the way the world is today. It's so funny. I can sit on my couch and order all my groceries and because <laughs> lately, if you go to the store, you can't find things. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's true. what I'm finding. So um, I wanted to talk today uh, about, before I, we get into other forms of taxable income, about de- a decedent tax returns. I've, I've had several phone calls today for people that whose mothers and fathers had passed away, spouses had passed away. And the first thing that um, I was explaining to them that in the event that a mother, for instance, who lost her spouse a few years ago, passed away this year. There are actually two tax returns that that person could potentially do in the year of death. One would be the 1040 form. 1040 means we're alive. Their final return, the income up until they passed away. Right. And the 1041, which would be the 1040 with a one because you're no longer with us, but the money that your estate has made money, and so you have to file a fiduciary return. I just thought about it. The 1041 means the one. They're with the one now. They are with the one guy, (laughs) the big guy, right? So you could potentially be doing a tax return for the decedent, their final return, and that would be all the income that they earned from inc from jobs from pensions from social security from uh interest dividends per, just prior to their death 
then after they pass away, all that income and all the assets that they had that makes money, that has to go on their fiduciary return, which is basically a fiscal year return, a year from the date of the death. Um, and that's where all that income is filed. So that's what happens for with the fiduciary. What people don't understand is that, like for instance, a couple that I just talked to this morning, they in they the estate in got the mother's house, and so the mother's house was worth like two hundred thousand dollars upon her death. That went through the estate, and they're selling it for two hundred thousand. And they were concerned as to how much they'd have to pay taxes. Right, right. And the good news is there because. It was still mom's house in mom's name that the estate sold the house. It means theirs was the stepped up basis. So then there is no tax owed. They sold it for two hundred. It was worth two hundred, so it zeroes out. In tech, they might even have a loss. That's right. From the the expenses, from the expenses of, sale. of sale. Right. And and so I explained that to them that because they were assuming that they'd have to pay taxes, but in when your when your estate inherits an asset, it, it gets a stepped-up basis, the fair market value on the date of the death of the decedent, which then, if they sell it right away, there is no gain, uh, there's no uh, taxable gain, unless it was a number of years later, like they might have inherited it five years ago, and now it's five years later, then there there would be a potential gain. Right, but in right. this situation, it was very short. So... Yeah, I was texting a client um, right now. But anyways, yesterday, um, I was doing a 1041 return for somebody. And when her brother passed away, he had three rentals and he had actually a small business and he still had some income because they were residual incomes because he was employed in the medical field. And so the insurance companies got them in income after he had passed away. So on that 1041 was a Schedule C and a Schedule E. Which is really very unusual. Yep, yep, it is. But the thing is, on a 1041, what people don't understand, and really this is the same thing as a trust return, a 1041, Estates and trusts pay at a much higher rate. Oh, at like twelve thousand, they're already in the highest tax bracket, which is thirty-seven percent. Right. So, you really got to be careful and distribute when I, you I can. I guess the IRS knew that you weren't going to be complaining because <laughs> you're dead, right? Yeah. But the estate does pay a lot of taxes because once once that fiduciary return or estate or trust gets up over that twelve thousand dollar figure, you're paying at the top rate. Right. Yeah. And that's why it's important. You think you hit on this already to do beneficiaries uh, if you can. Right. So things so, don't. So that it, to... it goes over to the beneficiaries, which would be taxed at a much lower rate. Yeah. Because, for instance, again, going back to this 1041 I did, they didn't do that for some IRAs. And so we had to put some distributions on there. And that was taxed at a very high rate. Very high rate. No. Right. Right. So if someone had 100000 in an IRA, you're looking probably around $33,000 because of the gradual tax right, rates right. to the federal, not counting New York State. But if a person inherited it, they could take out 10000 a year at, we'll say, 12%. So that's $1,200. 1200 times 10 is only $12,000 right. compared to 30000 So you just saved $18,000. And not to mention how it's over a number of years. Right. Whereas the 30000 is right this year. So yep. all the future earnings that would have been made, though that's gone by the board because you have to pay the taxes. Right. So, so that's something I wanted to talk about. 
obviously death death and taxes go hand in hand and if you're finding that you are the executor of an estate and you need any help you can always go to our website at egtax.com ask the tax lady and we're very happy to help you and remember we can prepare all returns including the fiduciary return for a decedent should you be the executor of the estate and by the way the final return the person filing find filing that final return could end up with a refund. Isn't that correct? Right. If there were payments in there, you know, and the money was distributed or it could, they could get the refund (laughs) to them. But something I learned yesterday, because they had done payments on the 1099 hours is you can't direct deposit the money. Right. Not on a, not on a fiduciary. Right. Right. So, okay. So that's, kind of a thumbnail sketch of what happens when a person passes away, their final return, and then the estate return, who, and usually it's the executor or executrix of the estate that's going to file that. Okay, other forms of income. And I think people are really, and this is interesting, they think, how could this be taxable? But your state and local re- income tax refunds could be taxable, couldn't they? Yep. They sure could. And that's if you used them to itemize your deductions. Um, so if you used your state and local income taxes for that itemized deduction, that's when it's potentially deductible. Now you want to minus it from any refundable credits on the state in which you reside. And so anything minus the refundable credits, if you used your state and local income taxes. All right, let's say, for instance, somebody did itemize and they got a refund on the state of $1,000, but they had uh, refundable credits of $1,200. On the New York return. On the New York return. In that case, it would not be taxable because their credits Saved off- them. Uh, offset that were the actual reason for the refund. Right. And so you have to back that off. And so a lot of people aren't aware that you have to figure out what all those refundable credits are or all the re- all the, f- the credits are. And... Um, and that figures into how much of your state refund on the state of New York, for instance, is going to be taxable. Correct. Right. Exactly. And now when you itemize, you could also use your sales tax and instead of your state and local taxes. So if you use your sales tax, then that state refund, if you itemize, would not be taxable. Right. And the other thing is with the $10,000 cap, you know, uh, the SALT cap, that kind of put a crimp on, on the, how right, much of because, your state refund is going to be taxable as well. Right, because I was going to say, if you're in a high-tax property tax, county, city, state, whatever, and like my property taxes are 12000 a year, my state refund, if I had one, wouldn't be taxable because I didn't, I weren't able to use them to my advantage right, because no my benefit. property taxes took the maximum amount. Right, right. Okay, um, That's so that state and local income tax refunds potentially taxable alimony right that's taxable unless your divorce was after 2019 anything that preceded that the alimony was taxable to the person who received it and deductible to the person who paid it exactly exactly and, and that is correct except for the state of new york right 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 because of the divorce between the federal and new york state the old laws are still in existence so the alimony is still deductible on the federal for the older divorces. And taxable on the state. And taxable. So when you do your tax return, if you got a divorce in 2000 and you're getting separate maintenance or alimony, 
then on the federal, you will not pay taxes on the alimony you received nor on your child support. But let's say you're getting $20,000. On the state, however, they make you add the $20,000 as an adjustment and addition on the, on the state return. Because even though it's not taxable in the federal, it is taxable in New York State. Correct. And if you're the payer, it's not deductible on the, on the federal but it is deductible on New York State. So that's kind of a Thumbnail. sticky wicket, right? Mm -hmm. All right. And then unemployment. Now, how can they tax you on your unemployment? <laughs> Very easily. Yeah. yeah. And, of course, last year the unemployment started off as being taxable. Then in the middle of tax season they changed the law and they said the first $10,200 you receive is not taxable. And so this year, though, in 2021, a lot of people might still think, oh, well, the, my, my, my uh, unemployment's not going to be taxable. That's not the case, right? Right, nope. right. That's now, only 2020. Right. For 2021, it is now taxable. And so you want to make sure that you plan. A lot of people have withholdings from their unemployment. You can do federal and state. Um, and so that might help to offset. But you're right. You're thinking to yourself, my God, I'm without a job. And so you think that it wouldn't be taxable. But, but it is. By Absolutely. Jiggy, it is. All right. The other thing that people aren't aware of is that debt cancellation. You see these things on TV? You know, we can help you settle your debt. Pennies on a dollar. Dot, dot, dot. But if they do settle your debt, debt cancellation is potentially taxable. Yep, it right? is. It is. It goes on other income. Um, I think that's Schedule 1 now, right? Schedule 1, and there's its own line that says cancel debt. Right. But just like everything in tax law, there's an exception to it being taxable, yep. right? Yep. You would do a 928 if you were insolvent. 980. 982. 982. She's got dyslexia. A 982 if you were insolvent. That means if your assets for the year that the debt was canceled were less than your liabilities, you were insolvent. And so you can do a 982 and, and make that portion of the insolvency that, uh, that would have normally been taxable would not be taxable. Correct. Right? Or And, and also if you filed a bankruptcy. Right, right, because that means you're insolvent. That's right. So You're really insolvent. Yeah, yeah. Right? So debt cancellation, if somebody says, you know, we're ne going to negotiate your, your uh, credit card debt and we're getting $40,000 of the credit card uh, taken away. That forty thousand is potentially taxable. That's going to the IRS. If you had the assets to pay the forty thousand, you're not insolvent, and that goes on as taxable. Schedule right. one. And and what they look at is not you, how you are when you're filing this return. They look at how it was when you did the, the consolidation. Right. When the debt. So if that was back three years ago, you have to go back three years and figure out this is how much. My assets were, this is where my liabilities right. were before the cancellation. You know, and I'll say to somebody, do you own a home? Yes. Do you have a mortgage? No. Why don't you pay your credit card bill? Well, because I think I can get it forgiven. Wow. Okay, well, if you do, it's going to be taxable. So, you know, yep. this may not be what you want. Plus, it goes on your credit report. Right. Yeah. Okay. Then gambling income. That is taxable. That is taxable. Also on Schedule One. On the but I lost more than I than I won. Two different isn't, places. Isn't that going to be a deduction? No, not really. 
No, no. The the income all that you won goes on the schedule one and there's a separate line for it. And then as you're talking about, they have losses <clears throat> that would potentially be deductible as an itemized deduction. But let's face it, the new standard deductions are so large, many people aren't able to take the losses. So they're just left holding the bag with all those winnings and there's nothing to offset it. Right? Right, right. And the thing is also too, the casino doesn't mail out one W2G at the end of the year, like you get your W2, your bank interest, all of those little slips you get during the year, you got to hold on to, because if you lose two of them and you only report the ones you have, the IRS is going to mail you a letter saying you underreported your income. Right. So it's hard to, it's hard to believe, but even though you might've won $25,000 over the year at the casino and you lost 30,000, the 25,000 goes on the tax return as income. Then if you itemize, you can take your losses up to your income. So you take $25,000 as an itemized deduction. If you had no property taxes and no mortgage interest and no charitable deductions, and you're married filing a joint return, you actually don't have enough to itemize. And so therefore, you're going to get stuck paying taxes on that 25000 yeah. which would then potentially right. make your Social yeah. Security more taxable. Well, so it is not a lovely thing. Well, the 25000 is definitely going to make the Social Security more taxable. Right. The losses have nothing to do with that. Right. So, but I mean, so if... You had the twenty five thousand. You got, and then you have to pay an eighteen thousand of your social security. You're looking. You just added forty three thousand dollars to your income. income. Right. Very sad. Yeah. Very sad. Okay. And now gambling in New York State, it's legal to do sports betting. So that's what I saw on TV. Yeah. So people should be careful. And they're throwing that down people's throats. If you're a senior collecting social security and you don't want to end up paying taxes on your social security, be very careful of gambling. Yes. Right. If you're going to win, win a million or else don't bother. (laughs) Uh, HSA distributions. Now, what is an HSA and what is that? Health savings account. <clears throat> and that's if you're in a high deductible plan at your employer, you can put money aside in a health savings account every year. And if you do it through your payroll deduction, there would be no adjustment to income. Now, if you open up your checkbook and you put money into your health savings account, then you can potentially take that as a an adjustment to income. Just on your like an account. IRA, right? Right. Right. It's a high deductible plan. Right. But if you're using it for health qualified health expenses, medicine, prescription drugs, doctor appointments, then the money you take out of your HSA, which you're going to get a form for, Mm -hmm. right? You have to, you fill out a form that says, I got the income, but I used it for qualified expenses and it's not taxable. But if you didn't use it for qualified expenses, then that's bad. Right. It's a form 8889 and you have to record it. If you don't, you will get a bill for a 20% of the distribution. Doesn't mean you owe it. Right. You might have just forgotten to use that form. So then you have to send in that form and the government. If you And I got to believe how many people you think just don't do anything with it and they just pay the tax. Yep. 75% of yeah. everybody. Right. All right. And Other form of taxable income, hobby income. Right. What, what is hobby income? When you're doing something for the fun of it and you don't get paid fair market price. So you make Afghans. And you sell the Afghans for $10, but each Afghan costs you $20 to make. Right. You're just doing it for the fun of it. And 
So that's a hobby. So the income you make has to go on as other income, and the expenses go nowhere Right on the federal side. Right. Absolutely. So that's another – you're actually better off giving away the Afghans. Yeah. yeah. The other thing that people aren't aware of is below uh, market rents. Right, right. And so it wouldn't go on a Schedule E for rental income. It would go on Schedule 1 for below market rents. And um, the bad thing is you can't deduct any of the expenses. So you should really make sure you're renting your places at At fair fair market market value. Now, there's some people, I have a client, for instance, and she doesn't want to do that for her daughter. So you can um, gift up to $15,000 a year. So my suggestion to her is to charge your daughter fair market rent so you can put it on a Schedule E and then gift her up to $15,000 a year. Right. Yeah. And so that way, the mother has a fair market value rent, and she's able to take the expenses. Right, exactly. Uh, prizes and awards. You mean if I get a prize, I got to pay taxes on it? Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I mean, think about it. You have, you know, the, the Catholic churches are infamous for their lawn fates during the summer, and they you win a car. That car is taxable. You win a vacation. That vacation is taxable. So, and you got to be very careful with it, especially with the car. I had somebody win a Jeep at a gas station and it was a total fluke. They weren't trying to win it. And all of a sudden somebody, Hey, you just won. And they came in luckily to do a consultation. And I said, well, you know, you got to pay sales tax and you got to pay income tax. And they go, well, how much is that going to cost us? And it was a $30,000 car. So 30,000 times almost 9% for sales tax, then the income tax on it because and they they were down um, between the federal and the state and sales tax like nine thousand dollars ten thousand and they go we don't have that so they ended up have to selling the car to, to pay the, the income tax right and that's why you see a lot of churches now say win a car or, or fifteen thousand right. cash you know speaking of that what if they would have given the car as a charitable deduction to the charity. Right. So they win the $30,000, and, and, then, they, and then they say to the church, you can have the car. As long as <laughs> that's opening up another thing. Depends what the church does with it. If well, they... let's say the church, the father says, well, it's a convertible. He's going to go. <laughs> he's going to use He's going to use then it. Then they'll have a $30,000 write-off. Right. But it's very interesting because had he paid the $10,000 in taxes and he netted the 20,000 on the car he would have had 20,000 real dollars right. if he gives the 30,000 to the church he's still got to pay the taxes on the it still impacts right. all the other income and so he and- actually actually loses money because if he's somebody that can't itemize or can barely itemize he it's might only gonna... get a very small benefit yep. for giving away that thirty thousand yep. dollar car so be very careful so you know when they go one eight hundred seven car for kids it's true it's deductible but you may get nothing for it bottom line your right. bottom line uh okay uh, disability and sick pay uh, disability is taxable, and so that's taxed as ordinary income, and usually and, it'll be included in your so W-2. And so right? Yep. Right, right. Some are in your W-2, like some Tiff said, and some you may, you'll get a dub, separate W-2 from your the insurance company. So you got to double check with your payroll department to make sure you have everything. How about lawsuit settlements? If it's for pain and suffering, it's not taxable. If it's for lost wages, it is taxable. Now, if it's whistleblowing, that's also taxable. Right. 
And so, lots so, of- um, so if that's why when you see these people on TV, the all the ambulance chaser attorneys, that's all tax free money. Yep, pain right? and suffering. But if it's other than pain and suffering, you're going to pay taxes on right. it. Right. Life insurance, payable on death, tax free. Tax free, right? Cash it in. And how about self employment? That's taxable. Taxable, and people aren't aware, but there's a self-employment tax, which is what? 15.3% of the net profit. Right. And then something quickly I wanted to talk about. New York State just came up with a brand new property tax credit. Yep, it's You can get a refund of anywhere from 250 to 350 depending upon whether your property taxes are over 6%. Uh, of your adjusted income. gross income. It's limited to people with income over 250000 You get the biggest break if your income's under 75000 Right, Right, exactly. And if you need help with that, you can go to our website at egtax.com. Yeah. I'm Esther Goulias, the tax lady from EGTax. Uh, join the studio with me, Christopher Fabian, Tiffany Fabian. Go to our website at egtax.com. Hey, thanks for listening. We'll see you again next week. New friends, new opportunities, new partners, EG.